building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Good day. (laughs) I'm going to start saying good day instead of hello. Welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. I am getting back in the swing of having guests on the show, and today's guest is truly awesome, a perfect guest to have to talk about just all the realness of what it's like to be working for success professionally and also trying not to be a total mess personally. So I asked Alicia Reese to describe herself to me a little bit, and she said that she is a domestic violence thriver and she does not call herself a survivor. And she had a really bumpy road for a while and she turned it into something beautiful. She built a nonprofit for youth aging out of foster care. And now she works with emerging leaders on how to build lives that feel as good as they look, which is honestly something that should be talked about more, right? A lot of people like to post their highlight reel on social media. And then when you look under the hood, they're actually not doing super well personally. So on this episode, Alicia and I are going to talk about, again, a number of different things. We'll talk about how climbing leaders can make a path for themselves and how to go about getting recognition and getting those promotions and the things that you want. Talk about, as a leader, how to stay human in bumpy economic times like right now where there are layoffs and other things like that happening um, and a lot more. So enjoy and thank you, Alicia, for joining me. So I was looking at your social media and all the podcasts that you post, and I saw one thing that you and I were just chatting about a little bit that I really want to dig into. You basically said that professional success by itself is not enough, and you can't be a mess personally and still be fulfilled. But yet, there are so many companies that expect you to be a different person at work and in your personal life, and I think that forces people to kind of have this separation or compartmentalize in a way that's not healthy. Talk to me about how personal and professional go together in your mind and what you must do to succeed in both areas. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for for having me here. For me, what I believe that people sometimes forget is, is if you only bring the professional part of yourself, then what happens is, is you become a method actor when you're in that organization. So your employer or your team leads, they're not even getting the best of you because you've left what makes you you in the background. You've left it behind the scenes because you aren't acknowledging that it exists. And when I say personal and professional success, I mean acknowledging where you want to go professionally. Let's just be honest. We work much of our lives. So because we work much of our lives, we need to make sure that we've identified what our personal missions are to ensure that in the work that we're doing, that that shines through. You have to make sure that they align or else, yes, you get the promotions because you're doing the best you can. You're giving your best. You're making the connections. You're doing all the things. So yes, you get the promotions. Yes, you make more money. Yes, you have the access. Yes, you have the opportunity and you are absolutely miserable because you have not identified What is it that my soul or my spirit needs to be able to feel fulfilled? And then how does that 
work or come through in the actual work that I'm doing. You cannot separate them. Okay. What did you call them? Personal? You can't be a personal success and a professional mess. That's just no way to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so you need to have basically like your personal manifesto of how you want to live your personal life and how that goes into, into your business life. How do you suggest people put something like that together? Oof, this is my favorite part. Okay, so this is where you start. <laughs> okay. I always tell folks, you want to do four things. It's four simple steps. Get a piece of paper. Um, I call it alignment bridging. And what it is, is create four columns on your, on your piece of paper. So you're going to want to, in that first column, list out all of your skills. I mean, all the skills. I don't care if it's I'm good at hair braiding or I'm really good at uh, managing complex issues or solving problems. Write all of your skills in that first column. In that second column, I know most people tell you, do not pay attention to the problems and the issues, not this time. Focus in on all of the problems that your particular skill set solves. Your skills were created to solve problems, whether for yourself or for others, but list all the problems. And then in that third column, what I want you to do is I want you to create or identify what are jobs or or opportunities or programs or packages or whatever it is, what are things that you can do that people will pay you to do? Okay, we're almost there, I promise. And now in that <laughs> last column, I want you on a scale from one to five just to identify how doing each of them makes you feel. A five is, is this is it. I am so excited about this. I would do it whether or not I was getting paid. A one is, oh, dear God, take me now. I do not want to do this. But when you put down how each of them make you feel, you come to the understanding that your purpose isn't just tied into your skill set. Your purpose is also aligned with how it makes you feel. It is not good enough to just, oh, well, I'm doing this because it fulfills my purpose if it makes you feel crappy. Mm-hmm. There's another way. Mm, a lot of people, too, just push that stuff down and they don't want to talk about or think about the feelings. Like I have a, a friend that's going through some personal stuff and and I think it makes it so much harder when you're going through personal issues when you can't actually think about, you know, like what's below the surface, what's below just my reactions and my responses to the situation. And you have to really sit back and, and dig a lot deeper. So, so what happens when you get to the point, you go through that whole exercise and the things that you really love doing are not aligned with what you're doing right now? Oof. This is a question that I, I especially when working with clients that I get all the time, it's okay. This is where you get to design your life. Too many times we just accept what happens. Well, this is the job they gave me. This is what they told me I have to do. Mm-hmm. And also, you are a creator. You literally are a creator. So you can either decide that you were going to go to, whether it's your boss or your team members or your whatever, and pitch, hey, this is something that based on what the organization is saying it needs, based on what our goals are, this is something that I believe aligns with not only how we can fulfill this particular obligation for the organization, but you know within yourself that this is something that really is connected to your own purpose. So you pitch, raise your hand, ask for what you want. I am a firm believer in using your voice box. You have it. Everyone does it. Use your voice box. That's number one. And number two, if you take a look and see, okay, In the work that I do, there is absolutely no way for me to even raise my hand or say I want to do this and it's connected and tied to my purpose. Then think of your current position, job, 
or whatever it is that you're doing, think of it as an investor and as something that allows you the space, the opportunity, and the resources to find how you can do so in other avenues. Is it signing up um, to be a part of a, a, a charity? Is it deciding that you are going to start to volunteer in other ways? Is it creating your own, you know, uh, uh, something on the side that allows you to give back in the ways that are meaningful to you? Figure out exactly what that is and then you need to raise your hand in your organization or create it or connect with an entity that has already created what you're trying to do and serve there. But there's always a way. Mm, and having those conversations can be really scary too. You know, I have a team member who just came to me and said, and she's she's good at her job. And she she was like, this isn't exactly what I want to do long term. And I've and I'm really scared to say that because I don't want anything bad to happen. And it's like, I think that's very natural, right? To because if you're going to your boss or, you know, anyone in a company and saying like, I would like to choose a different path. These are the things that I'm passionate about. Here's the opportunity within the company. Here's what I think I can do, you know, and you've seen my skills here and here and here. You kind of have to go and sell yourself. And that's exactly what she did. But, and I think you have to do it regardless of, you know, the outcome might be you might get that opportunity. The outcome might be you have that opportunity sometime in the future. And the outcome might be Mm, there isn't a place like that or there isn't a position like that coming here. And you can use all of that information to make your decisions. I think that's so smart. Yeah, absolutely. And it's too, it's like you said, being willing to put yourself out there. Uh, Sarah Blakely says, the only real risk is in not risking. Uh -huh. So in five years, if you keep living, you'll still be unfulfilled or still feel like there's something missing or still feel like you're not living out to your full potential. Or you can decide to take a risk to say, hey, I know I'm good at this and I'm grateful that I've been able to serve in this capacity. And also this aligns more with what I believe I would really like to do. Is there an opportunity to do so? Yeah. And if let's say you aren't good, right? Let's say you are not performing well <laughs> in your current role. I too have, because I've had the experience where I just wasn't doing good. Like everything is not always excellent. I know we all like to think that we're perfect and we're great. Everything isn't always excellent. So the time when I was not performing well, I simply asked, I said, hey, I know that I'm not meeting the expectations in this particular role. What I've realized is it is not utilizing this skill, this skill, this skill, and this skill, and this is where I shine brightest. Is there an opportunity for me to leverage and utilize this part of myself because I see that I'm not doing so well here and I want to ensure that the overall organization's or team's goals are actually met and I don't see that I'm assisting in doing so. Yes. And the more you can align what you want with what's good for your team and the company, the yes. more likely you are to get what you want. That is how you get what you want. That is literally, if y'all want the cheat code, that is the cheat code. <laughs> you just say, yeah. that's the cheat code. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about up and coming leaders. What do you think is the best way? So you taught, you touched on this a little bit, like you're doing all the things and, you know, like making the connections, getting yourself visible. How can someone position themselves to get to that next step in their career? I think it's one thing to talk about, you know, like 
getting more visible and meeting people and breaking down silos internally and starting new programs and all the things that you can do. But it's one thing to put it in action. How do you actually put something like that into action? Oh, first of all, it requires you to be okay with not knowing and also with being afraid. And like you were saying earlier, people don't like to lean into those feelings. When I am afraid, I lean all the way in. I allow myself to feel the absolute terror (laughs) that sometimes comes when you are looking to grow. So what that looks like in person is, is, again, I'm a firm believer in living a life by design. Once you've identified how do I want to grow professionally and you have connected what your personal purpose looks like and how you see that you can maneuver that next things next is it's okay you have to take a step I need you to identify exactly who it is that you need to connect with looking what is whether you're looking on LinkedIn whether you're looking in your company directory get clear on who that person is and then I need you to do your research to figure out What are some of the projects that they're either working on or have worked on or might even need help with? If you can't figure it out yourself, send them an email. Hey, I noticed you did the ABC alphabet project uh, two months ago, and these were your results. I really think that this was amazing. And also, I noticed that there was this area that might still need a little bit more assistance or you might need a little bit more help. I've done in my current role or in previous roles, I have executed projects. I have worked with executives. I have been the the moderator for major events. I would really like to see if we can schedule 15 minutes next week. You see how I gave it a specific time frame and also a specific date. If we can schedule 15 minutes of time next week, I'd love to grab you coffee, whether it's a virtual coffee where I can send you a gift card or an actual coffee. I would really love to meet so that I can find out more about how I can not only serve you, but also assist in my own professional growth. Mm, So smart. You're showing that you did your research. You understand the initiatives that they're working on, um, asking for a really reasonable amount of time and a specific like time-bound question. I love that. I think that's really smart advice. Uh, So second to last question. There are There are a lot of leaders that I think are struggling right now, especially when you go on LinkedIn, you see everyone's talking about layoffs and the hard decisions that leaders are being forced to make. And I think a lot of leaders are being asked to make just impossible decisions and communicate life-altering news to people that they like, that that they work with every day, that they've coached for years. What is your advice to leaders on making these decisions and like staying human, keeping that human element and continuing to like be able to like yourself during something like that? Yeah. So funny enough, uh, my sister actually is an HR business partner for one of the largest employers in actually around the globe. Mm -hmm. And she also too has been expressing the same thing that you're expressing in that there has been Uh, such anguish around having to release people who you genuinely like, like you like them as humans. You don't want any harm to come to them. So one of the things that I always suggest for leaders to do is what's my upper limit, right? What's the point for which I can't continue or I start to not like myself and then put in place, I like to call them a leader alarm, put in place an alarm that you can identify as, hey, not only am I getting to this point, but this is what I'm going to do in order to bring me back to me, to get me back to homeostasis when my nervous system is completely you know, out of whack and I, I feel as though I'm drowning in my own responsibilities. Because humans in general, when you have to lay off 
whether it's five people or 500 people, that affects you. So give yourself, okay, hey, I'll only do this amount of layoffs in this amount of time. Still, of course, acknowledging you have time frames. It's time bound that you have to get things done by. But then what are you going to do afterwards to refill your cup? Because that is exhausting, especially depending on how it's done. What are you going to do to refill your cup? And for those who you are connected to, is there something that you can put in place or other Uh, folks in your networks that you can connect them with. I saw on LinkedIn the other day, uh, a person who uh, currently works at Google, who was talking about the layoffs um, that they were having. What they did is they created a, what they did is they created a post. And with that post, it allowed folks who had been laid off to just write what their role was on that post so that their network, and I think they had a network of about 50,000 connections or 50,000 50, followers, their network was able to go through to see, hey, I might need this for my organization or we might be missing this. So it's allowing yourself because you still have to honor what the needs of the business are else you have no business. Acknowledge that you are going to need additional supports, whether it's additional date nights with your partner, whether it's fun, you know, game nights with your kids where you put your phone down or your laptop down at six o'clock or at five o'clock so that you can cut off and reconnect with your humanity. And then also provide a, a, and it's a simple thing, a post on LinkedIn. If that's not what you want, okay, there are all types of networks that you might be connected to that can help those folks find jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. I think making sure that you, one, treat yourself like a human and know how to take care of yourself, but treat others the same way and do everything that you can to communicate effectively and appropriately in the situation, not the like blasting out emails and everything that I've been seeing people doing um, and help others where you can. Absolutely. Because we literally are all in this together. This isn't a, oh, you do you, I do me type of a, an experience, this whole life thing. This really is an interconnected system. Like we are all interconnected in on this big old rock that we're all floating around here on. So we have to acknowledge that what happens to you does happen to me because if something hurts you long enough, eventually I'll feel it too in one form or another. Yeah. Yeah. So we covered a ton today. If listeners walk away with one most important takeaway, what would you say it is? To get clear, to get clear. If you forget everything else that I said today, get super clear because clarity informs your decisions and your decisions inform your choices. And if you want to have and experience better outcomes, you will have to get clear as to not only what you need, what works for you, but also the type of impact you're going to want to leave in this life and then make decisions that align with that clarity and then make choices that affirm your decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Get clear and make decisions accordingly. I love that. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was amazing to meet you. And for everyone that's listening, if you got value out of the podcast today, and I know that you did, I got tons of value and I really appreciate it. Please share it with just one person that needs to hear these messages and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.